0: Soul inspired leadership podcast, and today I'm very excited. Antoinette and I are both excited that we have special guest, Janice Kabelski. And Janice is from Calgary, in Canada,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she is a lady that has quite inspired me over the years. Matter of fact, probably my first real connection, I think, on Twitter uh, was Janice's. Uh, her tweets attracted me, and and luckily vice versa. But that's how we connected, um, and it's been a, a well, it's been a pleasure to be communicating with Janice over the last few years on Twitter and LinkedIn and various places. Briefly, Janice, why she inspires me is that. Well, she comes from an accounting background, which is very uh, left brain, but, so, but talks a lot of, a lot of people, uh, emotional stuff. In other words, her blog site, her, her own mantra and what she tweets about is all about how do you analyse people? How do you um, expand their possibilities, expand their potential? How do you, how do you reach the potential? So, she's trying to help people reach their potential, basically. So, it's, a, it's this desire to make people better people in who they are, and that that encompasses leadership where we sit in, fit in. So, Janice, you can tell me a bit more about yourself and how you started going from an accounting background uh, to this desire to want to help people. And now that you're a coach, a facilitator, a trainer in those leadership areas and helping people, people be better, How, what sort of transpired to make you or help facilitate you wanting to do that?
1: Okay. Thank you. Um, it's a delight to be here. I love the idea of soul inspired leadership. And I think that that's uh, very much to be a strong leader. We've got to be in touch with ourselves, we've got to be inspired ourselves. Uh, I like to think of it as living and leading on purpose. Um, and so, a bit about myself. I actually, uh, I had the chance to live overseas when I was quite young, and for a good number of years. So, I almost grew up over there. And right. when I first went over, it was uh, we ended up. I moved from Canada to Northern Africa. It was a huge, monumental culture change. That's a, that's a massive change. Was before this was before the years when doing the, those kinds of things was more normal we were not in any way shape or form a global society yes. uh, back then uh, certainly predates the internet predates computers I don't want to say how old I am but it was a long time ago and so I had the chance to be immersed in a completely completely different culture uh, over the time I was in northern Africa then I was in Spain I was in Malta I was a little bit all over the Mediterranean countries and I I uh, went to school in French and in Spanish. Uh, So I had the chance to immerse myself with very, very different cultures and start to realize how similar people are, regardless of how different we also are. And I brought that back with me to Canada. And uh, I ended up going into accounting because I wanted to work in business, but I wanted to work in business with people. And the reason I chose accounting was because to me it was like the language of business. And so, coming from a background of having learned other languages, I found that when you learned other languages, you had the chance to think like other cultures and so to understand them at a deeper level. So, to me, it made sense to then learn the language of business if that was the area that I wanted to go into. So, I uh, pursued the accounting route, and it was specifically as a certified management accountant, and so our emphasis was more on, uh, it was accounting, but it was accounting managing people, and I actually got very involved in my professional organization, and at one point in time, I was the executive director of the Alberta um, Professional Association which was the second largest one in Canada. I was the first female back then to oversee an organization. Uh, And even when I left there as a full-time employee, I stayed on uh, for about 15 or 16 years as a moderator in the strategic leadership program. So the whole aspect of strategic leadership, has been a fundamental part of my life.
0: Okay, so you have yeah. gra- grav, and people do that. They gravitate to where their heart lies. Exactly. So you you came of accounting. I mean, I started in banking, so it's very similar. And I gravitated to leadership. It's just what, yes. where our heart is. Exactly. Uh, our head starts us off, and our heart finishes us. And that's and that some respect is getting back to soul inspired leadership. It is. it's it's, it's connecting with your inner self and doing what your inner self really wants to do. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily what your head's telling you to do all the time. I mean, the head's important. Don't get me wrong, but I think people when they listen to their head too much, that means they listen to everything, all the outside influences. Let's go into banking. Let's go into banking because it's a good career. Let's go into this because, because accounting is good to get into business. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And then people get stuck in that rut thinking that all their life without then connecting. Right. Um across to the people aspect. But either way, we've both started in those those industries, nothing wrong with them. Uh, it's just then we gravitate to where our heart lies, our inner self, because we're connecting with the inner self. Absolutely. And Jeanette, any comment on that?
1: Yes. Oh. Well, and and it, it's funny that you say that because very early in my career I then ended up uh, I decided to take a Dale Carnegie course and because Although I had this uh, passion for working with people and uh, loved the ability to to bring the accounting, but from a a people kind of oriented point of view and in the management aspect, uh, my heart really was with, with people. And with interpersonal skills and communication, and but I was very shy, very introverted, and so uh, typical accountant back then. Yeah. And so,
0: <laughs>
1: so I took a Dale Carnegie course, and I just fell in love with it. And so, on an avocational basis, I became a Dale Carnegie trainer. Uh, ended up being a multi-level trainer. So I I was a Dale Carnegie trainer for numerous Dale Carnegie courses. Uh, I actually became a trainer of trainers, what they called a master trainer. Uh, And it was my passion uh, to be able to work with people from that perspective. So I had, you know, I had the strategy, I had the leadership, I had the management, the accounting, and then I had this wonderful opportunity to uh, watch people be so brave and grow and so willing to expand.
0: Yeah, and that's you, you yeah. hit on the word brave because we both, we, we both follow Kimberly Davis. We and sure her, do. her teachings, right, and brave leadership. And Kimberly's been a guest on our show before and will be again again soon. Yes. Uh, uh, tell me, Antoinette, you were reading uh, one of the blogs that interests you that um, Janice has written. Which and you got a question for Janice, I believe.
2: Yeah. So Janice, it's really nice to see you and speak with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you wrote a blog, which is the blog, Are You a Leader Who Cares? And when I listened to your conversation right now with Ross, I was actually thinking "Mom, probably may I ask you a different question. So in your conversations or in your training with leaders, where do you see is the biggest challenge for leaders at this point in time uh, to become more authentic in who they are and at the same time be able to express that in their work environment? Um, Often that clashes because if I am authentic in what I believe in and what I do, um, it may not fit what is actually required or what is wanted in the company. So how, how do you help leaders to find their way and still be authentic?
1: Mm-hmm. I think that, so for me, the first place to start is that uh, is you have to be authentic. So that means, I, I think some of us are even struggling with what does that even mean? to be authentic. And, and so that's the starting place is, is to really look at uh, who are you, what are your strengths? And by strengths, I don't mean things that you're good at, because you might be good at something, but your energy is really low, or there's a, a feeling of almost angst when you're, when you're doing those things, even though you're getting quote unquote results. And so the the starting place is to understand, well, what are your strengths? Meaning, where is your energy high? Like where, when you're engaged in certain activities, where do you feel like you belong? Like you're creating value, like you're adding to the people around you and to the situation. And then zoom in on those and begin to... Um, bring those to the forefront because that is who you are. And you may not even necessarily be good at those things at first. Like, for example, when I started in Dale Carnegie training, I was not at all comfortable speaking in front of people. Uh, I, I just wasn't. And, and I may have looked okay, but inside I was it, it was very, very scary. But at the same time, I loved being able to connect with people that way. And so uh, so for me, it's, it's your, the starting place in being authentic is to discover what is it that begins to allow you to create joy in your own life and with others, that your energy is high and that becomes inspirational and it becomes contagious and you just can't fake that. And then to look at if you're in some kind of an environment where that is a misfit, then then you don't, you're not doing that environment, that organization or yourself any favors by staying there. And, okay. and so it doesn't mean that the organization is wrong or that you're wrong. It means that that's not where your energy is supposed to be. And so you shut yourself off in every way possible. And, and I think you cannot be a strong leader in, in, in situations like that when you're cut off from who you really are. So it's to then find alignment, like to get really clear and focused and set your own direction and find alignment with what works for and with you so that you can create value. So it's, it's not some kind of selfish fulfillment of passion mm. and it isn't just passion. It's, it's actually more than that. It's what, what's fueling you to then actually create value. Um, in organizations and with other people. Yeah, I, I agree. Yes. I mean, Thank
0: I, you. I've, coached, I've coached a lot of people, Janice, and the times that conversation comes up. Mm-hmm. And, so, and I've had people admit, admit to me that they don't even like doing what they're doing anymore. Right. It's because they've lost connection with their yes. self. And yes. they're, just playing, they're just playing the game of business and mm-hmm. doing what other people expect them to do. Mm-hmm. And it affects their work. You, 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 you've got at least, um, the statistics I've read, at least like 75% of what you do to be good at it. Yes. So if you hit below that 75% mark and only half the things you do, you enjoy, you won't be very good at it and you struggle. And then it makes work. It's worse. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing so well, you get more pressure put on you and you get more pressure put on you, you enjoy it even less. Yes. So it becomes a spiralling downwards situation um and so i agree with you it's just it's a bit sad so the key is to spiral people up not down yeah. so actually reaching finding themselves but then reaching for what they really want to do and how and if they can apply it in their workspace all well and good if they can't you just got to be brave and go somewhere where you think you need to be that that better uh resonates with what you're thinking and
1: feeling and I think a lot of it, like I love what you said about spiraling upwards. I, I think that's, that's the place that we need to have. That's where we need to start to be brave, is, is to recognize that we can spiral upwards. And, and when we're doing that, the legacy that we're creating, and I don't mean just what we're leaving behind, but the legacy that we pay forward, the ripple effect that we're creating with others, that becomes a spiral upwards as well. And and so, you know, I firmly believe that you can create value anywhere, right? And you may not necessarily see yet what's the job or what's the future or, you know, how much, how much security am I going to have there? Uh, We don't necessarily know that yet, but we can look in any situation and get really in tune, as Antoinette, as you were saying earlier, like in tune with our authentic selves, and start to take action to create value. And when we start to take action to create value, that begins to open doors for other ways to create value and other opportunities to create value. And then we find something that, like, it's inevitable. We'll find something that is... Lucrative or that is successful for us in terms of what how we define how we define success and uh, I, I just feel that life is way too short to live it any other way and to work any other way but especially for those who take on leadership accountability and Responsibility we owe it to the people around us to be tapped in tuned you know tapped in turned on yeah. and, and tuned up uh, so that that's we're showing up. so we're showing up properly with with other people and that we're not creating workplaces that are just you know the cubicles are like upright coffins and people are coming yeah. into work dying every day um dying a little bit more it, it's that's just yeah. Not, yeah. you know that's that's not, and I can't see how any customer really wants to be purchasing from organizations that work that that's, way.
0: That's and look, it's um, it's it's. Uh, I like that comment. Upward, uh, yeah, vertical uh, coffins. Mm-hmm. That's that's, and it's so true. But people, they just, uh, they just lose touch with themselves, and yes. and it to me, and I, I when I coach people, I and I train in leadership, and I. I tell that's one of the things I always keep repeating that when you take a position in leadership and you accept it, you have a moral obligation to try to get the best out of those people. Yes. So if you're not interested, don't take the role. Yes. Just, do, just sit in a corner, you know, wherever you want to sit, and or stand and just do your job. Mm-hmm. When you take that role, it's to me, it's a moral responsibility. And that's, yes. And that's the thing. And people who, who see that it's a moral responsibility are, are usually, well, I'd say always good leaders.
1: Yes. It's
0: funny how that happens. It's the people who don't see that and all they do is be play leadership games
1: mm-hmm.
0: with everyone else around and with, their self, with themselves. That's what causes lack of leadership uh, mm-hmm. in, in their performance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Any comments, there, internet?
2: Not at this moment. I'm, I'm very really on. engaged and listening like to what you're saying, and it's uh, great to listen. I love listening yeah, right. because listening yeah. is also um, it's a, it's a great great way to let it sink in, and then when you listen, you can also I can at least feel where it resonates within myself and and how I can how I can use that then later to bring myself up to the next level of inspiration and energy and i like i like what you said janice about about energy as well spiraling upwards for me at the moment i work with a few clients on where are your energy drains Mm -hmm. and how that not only affects you um, mentally but also physically and it's interesting to see how many people actually never really think of it, that there are situations, there are beliefs that are draining their energy on a constant basis, Mm -hmm. um, on a constant basis. And once they start realizing that, and I think that's also great for leaders, which which parts of their leadership are actually draining them and which ones are the ones that are regenerating energy for them then you can easily more easily move to the, those parts, as you said, and, and do more of those rather than staying with those that drain you constantly.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's true. And I think I've mentioned that once before in one of our previous podcasts. Uh, one of my clients, once he started to analyse that, had to admit the bit that drained him in his, in his role was the people. He just had to admit he just doesn't like dealing with people issues. Mm-hmm. So that's when he made a decision to get out, of, get out of leadership. Yeah, because he wasn't doing anyone any favors, which then meant he wasn't doing himself any favors. Mm. Uh, well, and the
1: thing, there's a practical side to that as well. Is that not only for ourselves, if our energy is leaking, you know, negatively leaching out of ourselves, yeah. um, and we become drained or we become negative, uh, then not only does that affect our own health and well being, but the people who that we impact and we're always impacting people. And as, especially as formal leaders, we are, we are impacting people even more and people get that from us. Like you can tell, it doesn't matter how well-trained someone is. It doesn't matter how, how they might finesse their words or uh, how well-trained or disciplined they are in their actions you can tell when someone's energy towards you is off. We all can. And, mm, right. uh, and so if our leader doesn't view us constructively, if, if our, if, and it may not even be because of us, but because of their own situation, if they're not uh, engaged with our vision and how we can contribute and energizing our potential and, and worse, if they're seeing us in light of our mistakes, in light of where we're falling short, or in light of where we're struggling, if that's the energy we're picking up from them, then it absolutely affects our performance as well, and then begins to impact how we, in turn, turn around and treat our colleagues, uh, how we may treat customers, what we bring home with us at the end of the day. How we return to work the next day so it's it's um th- there's that practical side of it and 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 so as leaders um we have to manage some of those basic basic tools of leadership to to show up at our best um as best we can
0: that's right yeah. and like and on that note I, i'm just looking at the time we will we'll be overextending our podcast okay um,
1: we better stop but- Mm-hmm. But,
0: but in thinking of that, we'll we'll certainly get you on again, Janice, uh, I'm sure. Thank you. Because um, you, you have so much passion and belief uh, in what you're trying to do for people. Yes. And I see it resonating in your voice and in your body language. So we'll certainly get you back on because it's been a lot of fun. And when we summarise that, it's just about that authenticity mm-hmm. and being, as we keep saying, being true to yourself because mm. that's the constant. That's um, that's the sort of the centre of everything, really. If, it if is. you radiate from inner self, then you're consistent. It's when you, you when you're dealing with everyone else around you that's the inconsistencies because that's you're just chopping and changing from people to people to issue to issue, and it's to me it's an inconsistent life. So. Mm. Um, So I think that's our message today is, uh, which we talk about all the time, I will admit, but it's so so damn important that that people resonate from within,
1: Uh not not
0: from taking on what's around them in in that way. Um, So Janice, once again, I thank you very much to be part of our show today and we will have you back again and to everyone that's listening. Uh, we're across 20 countries now, so this is good. We have 20, 20 different cultures and ethnic origins listening to us in different parts of the world. So it's great to see. So again, thank you, Janice. And until next time, um, see, you all, see you all later, guys. And Take
2: join care. us again soon. Okay, thank you. Take Bye. bye-bye. Take care. Bye.